why? Everybody's talking. But let's have the let's have the discussion of like why? Why is that a movie? Why is that a thing? But that's actually not the discussion that we're having today. <laughs> not today. Because I don't think that that would work with our audience. <laughs> but what we are going to talk about today, yeah, is what happens when you have defended your dissertation. Mm-hmm. You are lucky enough to find a job. And then you have to think through, how do I turn my dissertation into some manuscripts? How do I do that? What are some strategies around that? And so today, we're going to be talking about some strategies to be doing that. Some of them are planning beforehand. Some of them are after the fact. But we'll be talking all things well, not all things, but a, a some good, things, some things, <laughs> um, some strategies about publishing from your dissertation uh, today on Not That Kind of Doctor. I'm Nick Hughesby. I'm an associate professor of elementary literacy education here at UNL. And then there's this guy. I'm Guy Trainen, and I'm a professor at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, and I'm thinking about dissertations lately because a number of students that have graduated in the past two years have contacted me and wanted to start talking about, I have this dissertation, I now have a job, and they're in different kinds of jobs. Some of them are in a job where they are actually tenure line professors and so they're thinking about how do I roll this but some of them are not and they're thinking I want to keep the door open to a university job even though I'm working somewhere else and so I'd like to be able to continue publishing with an eye to create an opportunity to at least mm-hmm. open that door to the next job so that got me thinking about how do we help Everybody think about publication even before you start your dissertation and definitely when you get to it. Yeah, and I think the... Talk to me a little bit about your dissertation. How did you work to publish from your dissertation Mm -hmm. after you graduated? What was your situation? So, um, I'm trying to think back. Uh, two things happened with my like five my years d- ago, guy. It's not that long. <laughs> Come on, it's quite a while ago. And um, after my dissertation, I had the same reaction. I think that many, many people have. You spend so long with your dissertation that you need a break, mm-hmm. and you need to create a little bit of distance so you can look at it with eyes that start thinking more specifically at. Where does it go? Who might want to hear about everything that you've done? Because up to that point, you are thinking about a wider audience, but I think you're also thinking about um, your committee as your primary audience. That is, the people you need to make happy first and foremost is your committee. And that can derail you at least a little bit. And so once you're done with that, you start thinking about um, where is it going? So it took me a few months to, to do that, I did have a lot of support for my advisor mm-hmm. uh, in helping me think. He was a journal editor at the time, exactly in the area that I wrote. It doesn't always play out that way, but in, in my case, it worked really well. And so he's encouraged me, and he's also taught me to encourage all of our students to publish. You've done the work. You've broken new ground. 
uh, you've not changed the whole world, but you changed the corner of the world. And you need to tell everybody about what you've done. And this is the work that needs to see the light of day. And he encouraged me. We thought together about what out of the bigger piece that mm -hmm. is often a dissertation would be appropriate. But I will be honest also, he's guided me all along to try to create a piece that is very close to a publishable article and less this, uh, what sometimes happens with very extensive manuscripts. So for example, um, the demands on a literature review for me were to create something that shows that I'm capable and that I know everything that I need to know, but it was not a 60-page literature review. It was right. considerably more condensed. It was still much longer that you include in an article, but I was much closer than any other dissertations of people that went through the program with me. So that's something that I always think about when I guide other people into how do you want to think about your dissertation and helping them contain it and think, and I think that's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. yeah, that is, start thinking about what might it look like and where might it go even before you, um, you get into the thick of the dissertation. Well, and that's, that's probably like strategy number one is yeah. I think planning for what that dissertation could look like and we tend to think about those as um, connected, a series of connected articles that mm -hmm. create kind of the dissertation itself, right? Yeah. But there's a couple of things that you had touched upon that I think we really need to highlight is that one, it requires a lot of planning. Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. when you're thinking about a multiple article dissertation, you're juggling really two things at once, this idea of what does my institution, what does my committee need mm -hmm. in order to graduate me from the program, but then also what are the demands of the larger field, right? And the idea of an, a, a multiple article dissertation is only specific to particular fields, right? Yeah. So like if you're in other fields, there is more of an impetus to publish a book. Mm -hmm. And that looks differently. A dissertation to book flip, as we like to call them, uh, looks differently from a, a multiple article piece, right? So thinking about, in the end, once you've done all of that work on your dissertation, what bodes best for you in terms of the field that you're in? And then thinking about what is it that, what are the expectations from your institution? Mm -hmm. And where else could those things go? So like, um, it was really interesting to me to do some of the reading for in research for this particular show because there are institutions who are actually allowing instead of submitting a dissertation you submit three accepted articles or mm -hmm. four accepted articles that are going to be published in a journal yeah. as your dissertation which i find just fascinating it is fascinating i've always been a little bit careful about that because um, i've had um, multiple uh, students along the years that have said, I want this to be published, which is a great goal. 
And I've always shied away and I've advised always, don't promise mm -hmm. because you don't know that you can deliver because acceptance to journals is not totally up to you, whereas completing a dissertation is completely on you. That right. is, if you show up and if you do the work, it'll be fine. But publication has a cycle and mm -hmm. has times and some journals, and we've talked about this in other shows about publications, but some journals will give you an answer in a few weeks and some journals can take up to two years. Mm -hmm. And so if you sent to the wrong journal, now you can't graduate because you promised you would have three articles out. You can't graduate until that last journal accepts it. And that creates a, a certain level of friction. But I do like that as an idea mm -hmm. of have things that will support you because what it does do is it helps bridge the time between you as a graduate student and maybe publishing one or two and then you as a starting assistant professor or a new researcher or whatever your next job or even a postdoc, you've got already things in the work mm -hmm. that can help you bridge that, that transition because the transition from graduate students to whatever comes next is not easy. You're in a new place likely, you're doing new things with new people, mm -hmm. you gotta find, and we talked about this when we talked about new jobs, you gotta find where the grocery store is and everything else, so you gotta have some things that are close to being done so your first year or year and a half do not look like you're not working. Mm -hmm. and publishing and making sure that you're reaching whatever the criteria is for a successful year. Well, and I think that highlights the function of, like the very real function of a dissertation in like the practice of an academic life is mm -hmm. it does buy you that time, Yeah. right? It allows you to have a little less of a transition um, I didn't say that right. It allows you to have a little less stress in that transition yeah. from grad student to actual like assistant professor. And it's not, oh my gosh, I have to get involved in all these projects, which is actually the, the problem I fell into mm -hmm. where I, I, I think I said to you, I don't know if we got that on tape, but you know, the, the dis writing for my dissertation or, or pulling stuff out of my dissertation was not something I did well. Mm -hmm. And to go back to that, I actually did do it okay. Yeah. Um, surprisingly, like looking back at my CV and like, oh wait, that came, oh, and that, and that, and that. But the problem I, I ran into was as an assistant professor, when you join an institution, you're kind of seen as this person who has time yeah. and resources and energy, right, to get stuff done. And so I got pulled onto a variety of different projects that, um, kind of pulled me away from, they sucked up mm -hmm. a lot of that, that time that I would have had, had I just been like, no, I'm good. I got some, I got some stuff yeah. that I'm and, working and, on right now. And we can talk about that another time about how do you protect yourself, especially as a young faculty member, mm -hmm. because I think that is really important to think about. Everything is exciting. Everything is shiny. And you also feel an obligation to prove yourself in a new place. And everyone is excited about you. Yes. And it's hard to be like... Oh, you're excited about me. I want to do things with you. Let's do things. Let's go. And yes. resist. Yeah. Resist. And, and, and have, have that moment where somebody's really excited and you're going, yeah, but let's wait a little. Mm -hmm. And that, that takes a little bit of, a, I would argue that takes a little bit of mentoring and somebody giving you the support that you need at that moment. 
and but it also it, it's just hard because you're in mm -hmm. this business to get excited and to do wonderful things and so the dissertation and thinking about how does my dissertation play out um, is important. The way I work with some of my students, um, especially the ones that I guide through, which the last few that have talked to me, I was on their committee, but I, were not mine. And we, I structure it as a way to think about, think about a pilot study mm -hmm. that will lead you to your dissertation, but is publishable. Whether it's examining an instrument or doing a mini version of what will be your dissertation mm -hmm. or whatever it is. And that has proven really successful in having a publication before graduation. Mm -hmm. And then the dissertation itself will carry you through and you've already put the infrastructure in publishing that pilot study of whatever, whatever it is at that point. And then you have those two pieces. In my case, one of the things that happened to me, I, was, uh, uh, I did a pilot study in my own dissertation on a specific instrument uh, that I created. It was lovely. And somebody, uh, I, if I say so myself, and somebody published just as I was started working on that manuscript on that specific instrument, somebody published essentially the same thing, not quite. I'm going- The bastard. Yes, you stole my thunder, but uh, yeah. So I didn't publish that, uh. and it was fine. And uh, but those are the things that you have to think about as you're doing, especially. And I've had a few people that have published, for example, the literature review. If they've conducted a meta-analysis mm -hmm. that connected to the dissertation, and there's timing about that. So if you do have that in hand, you have to go ahead and write it yes. up and put it out into the world because somebody will come and you don't want to be to try to publish the fourth meta-analysis on that topic or the fourth um, narrative uh, literature review because that's not going to go as well and it, that's not going to get you the kind of attention you want. Well, and I think that's... So I also did a multi-article mm -hmm. dissertation and shout out to James D'Amico, Karen Walwind, Larry Mikuleski, and Kylie Pepler for really helping me think through how all of that worked mm -hmm. and how I could pull that together. Um, because they, some of the structures that they gave me to think about were, okay, you're going to tell essentially like three articles, here's your, so like you, my lit review in, beginning, mm -hmm. in the beginning was very truncated, right? Like very yeah. broad based. Here's the larger world of literacy. And then I had to dive back into that literature review in mm -hmm. every subsequent chapter as I looked at these individual case studies. And what was super helpful around the mentoring that I got was thinking through all the various ways that I could slice what I was working on. So, of mm -hmm. course, I had those three larger case study based articles and was fairly ready like had a had a really clear notion of like what I could do with them to ship them out of which I think I shipped out two out of the three mm -hmm. um, but also thinking through like methodologically there were some things that I was playing with mm -hmm. and so that got published as a book chapter in a in, in a book around quali quant qualitative methodologies mm -hmm. Um, some of that lit review stuff got shipped elsewhere. So like I was able to, it was designed as 
three articles, but I think I actually managed, even though one of the articles I didn't send out, yeah. I managed to get like six different pieces out of that data, out of that writing. That's quite a bit. That was super helpful. And that's thanks to those people and their strategy. Sorry I let you down and didn't ship out the third one. I am a failure. <laughs> you are not a failure. I mean, I, yeah, no, I'm not, but it feels like. You are here. You are tenured. I am here. You I'm, are not a failure. I am tenured. I still have questions about that, but you know, whatever. <laughs> not my decision. Not yes. my decision. So I think when, particularly when you're, you're thinking about this strategy, mm -hmm. where you are proactively thinking about ways to structure your dissertation that allows you to flip it quite quickly, whether that's, um, you know, your university allows you to write three articles, send them out, get them in print, and that counts as your dissertation, or you write the dissertation, we've talked a little bit about yep. the pros and cons of both of those approaches, there's some strategies to be thinking about in terms of where do you see these things going? Mm -hmm. And then what are the requirements of your institution and your committee? Because they're the people who you need to keep happy. And I think that the other aspect of the dissertation phase and publication after dissertation is that it is, I at least recommend to all of my um, students is collect more than you need. Mm -hmm. Don't promise your committee everything that you've collected and analysis of everything. Have that extra stuff that then you can leverage after you defended your dissertation, everything is great, you have another aspect that you haven't talked about. In my case, it was, for example, qualitative interviews mm -hmm. with um, college students with learning disabilities about their strategies and how do they survive in this world. And that was another source of data that I could have leveraged for another publication. It sat in my drawer and I never got to it. And that's fine too, right? Mm -hmm. You didn't get to your last uh, article, one less. I didn't get to my qualitative, or by the time I got to my qualitative, I found out that all the tapes I used got uh. erased because <laughs> they sat in the drawer for that long. But your data atrophied. Yes. And actually, there was a relief there as well because <laughs> I didn't have to do it. But um, I mean, nobody has to do anything. But that sense of I missed, I missed on a piece was less there. Publish or perish, guy. Publish or perish. You have I'm to publish. Still here. I published enough to get right. to where I needed to get. So that's fine. But you do want to have that extra data. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it doesn't fit. And the problem, not the problem, but what we're talking about in the dissertation phase is things need to fit together. And you may have gotten into a nugget where it's really interesting, it's really cool, mm -hmm. you have the data. It actually doesn't fit. And it mm -hmm. really is a separate issue. So thinking about how do you slice and dice the data is really helpful. Mm -hmm as you're guiding and you're thinking, okay, where does this go? And in a recent dissertation I talked to, a student, she has 450 pages of dissertation with enough for maybe four or five pieces. Mm -hmm. And so it's lovely, but you, start, you have to start thinking about reducing because the average 
article out there is seven to nine thousand words. Ten thousand is a luxury. A few places will let you have more, but a dissertation of a few hundred pages is considerably more. Okay, so let's segue, shall yes. we? Let's say because let's say that you have not watched this brilliant podcast. Which, if you have not yet, hit that subscribe button. Is that what they say? I don't know. I suck at this, like social media stuff. Um, but if you haven't like been able to strategize and you find yourself with a more traditional five chapter dissertation, how do you make like HGTV and flip that dissertation into a multifamily home? All right. right? Like yeah. So if you if you haven't planned for that or you haven't had the availability to plan for that that's now kind of one of your bigger challenges, right? Yeah, and you've got to decide, again, it's how do you take a piece? So for example, in a lot of the dissertation we're seeing, we're seeing mixed methods, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. But that means that you have a qualitative piece, likely. A qualitative piece, a quantitative piece, and then the both of them sandwiched together. That, theoretically at least, can be three different pieces. One more um, uh, that is more on the methodology, maybe the mixed methods piece, mm -hmm. and then the qualitative and being able to really highlight everything you found qualitatively, because usually when we try the mixing, it gets reduced somehow. And the quantitative, if it's really um, robust enough, that can be an article on its own. So that's one way. Mm -hmm. um, I've got uh, right now somebody who's talking to me and they've got um, case studies and there's a group of case studies that are rural schools and then a few that are urban schools. So you can divide it that way and do a rural paper and an urban paper. Uh, so you have to think about the structure and read it with new eyes or ask somebody mm -hmm. else to read it with new eyes and say, here are the pieces mm -hmm. that I'm seeing. And this is where working with a good advisor or somebody else who's a mentor can really, really help because sometimes we're too close to it. Mm -hmm. And we've worked really, really hard and it makes, ultimately, the dissertation makes sense to us more than anything else in our life sometimes, I hope. But <laughs> maybe sometimes not. But often it does in a way that is very visceral and we see how everything connects and everything has to live together. And we need somebody to come from the outside and say, yes, I understand it all connects together as well it should. It's mm -hmm. a dissertation. But here are chunks that you can separate. And sometimes think, I mean, we talked about this. You can do the, uh, the lit review and you say, I've got a really good lit review or maybe even some students, especially ones who are more quantitatively minded, do a, a meta-analysis. Mm -hmm. And you maybe need to make it a little more robust, depending on how long you let it lie there, on how, or how uh, inclusive your search was. And you might need to work on it a little bit. This is not just take the text and drop it into a journal. Oh, article. yeah. No. OK. Let's talk about that for All a second. Right. Please. For the love of all that is good in the world. And for, for the people who are going to review your article. Yes. So please, do not, do not, do not, do not. Just take a chapter of your dissertation and send it into a journal. Because if you get to a reviewer like me, and literally I pull it up and it says, Chapter four, findings. I'm going to automatically reject it. 
and send it back. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, not gonna lie. Because um, if you if that's what happens, I am out the lit review. I don't know what methods that you've done. I don't know a lot about that study. And if you as a writer haven't done the work to repackage and remodel your dissertation work, why, why am I going to take the time to do that? Yeah. And we do get it once in a while. You do get a... What are your rates? Like, once in a while. Tell me what that means, because I get at least two a year. Is that because I'm a sucker? I don't know. Um, I get less than two a year. I think I'm now down to one a year. For a while, it was worse. I think it really depends also on editors because I think some editors return those. They do their, they skim through and say, mm, no, mm. <laughs> go and do yeah. the work. So I think it, it's up to editors. So now we're talking to editors. Please, 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 just do a skim read. And if it looks like they're just sending the dissertation, and if that phrase in this dissertation shows up in the article, maybe that's a sign that they need to do a little bit more work. Yep. Although, like, also if you're willing to, like, I'm more than willing to be like, reject, moving on, here's why. Um, yeah, but, yeah, don't do that. It does not, because it kind of shuts down your relationship with that journal, right? Yeah. Instead, even though you have this five-chapter dissertation, I would argue the first place you start is thinking about what are your findings, mm -hmm. Right, so what are the big findings in your dissertation and how can you, like, if you're thinking about your chapters as striations, right? Like they're stacked upon one another, you have your lit review, your methods, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. How do you pull a chunk going straight down through all of those and move them mm -hmm. into an article? And I find that it's helpful to think about doing that work around the findings, right? Who's yeah. gonna be interested in particular findings? Which findings have to stick together? Mm -hmm. And which findings can kind of get pulled out and then kind of engaging in a backwards design of, in order to talk about these findings. What do I need to pull from elsewhere in the dissertation? And what do I need to adjust and shift and change? Um, and this is a conversation that I've often heard and, and I keep hearing in the dissertation defense because you've got your committee, maybe a few other people there. And the committee will often, throughout the discussion, after you present, and we've all kind of had time to think about it, and we've all read it, that's an opportunity for the committee members to talk about what is most significant. And sometimes it's hard to see what is most significant. Mm -hmm. Because you've got this, see, I'm thinking right now about Jiguao, who, who had a really interesting dissertation, and he had lots of findings. But there was one thing that was really popped out for me, which was his work on self-regulation and the way we can see self-regulation inside learning management systems. So seeing the learning traces and being able to see how students manage their time and students manage their 
their interaction with the course through how many times they look at the syllabus, things like mm -hmm. that. He's done a fantastic job there. And he had a lot of other findings, but that finding kind of popped, and that became a couple of publications for him. Mm -hmm. And its work is continuing. So it, and they, it, during that committee meeting, it, that was when it was discussed. So if you think about your dissertation, definitely, definitely record what has happened. Mm -hmm. Because at the time you're defending, your brain is melting. thinking about melting, is thinking about seven different things, you're trying to answer complex questions, you're a little bit panicked, uh, everything kind of comes, comes at you, so you will not remember what has been said, at least not clearly. So recording it, mm -hmm. uh, if it's on Zoom, definitely. That makes it easy. But if it's not on Zoom, um, just have your phone and record it, because later you can go back. And there's actually usually very good advice about what journals you might think about, what are the things that capture the imagination. Mm -hmm. And that can serve as a guide to what are those slices that you can take out of your dissertation. And the other thing that I think is important to remember is genre, yes. right? Yeah. It comes down to genre. Like yes. dissertations are a particular kind of genre. They serve a particular function and they tend to be very much about can you, like from a sociocultural view, can you ground yourself in what is happening in the larger field, right? Mm -hmm. So there's lots of, I think about my own dissertation, which is somewhat embarrassing, but like how much I had to be like, oh, I love these scholars and these scholars and here's what they're doing and this over mm -hmm. here and da, da, da. Like there was just, there was a lot of, of like exposition, yeah, right? Like if it were a novel, I would have broken up with me by like page 42, right? Um, and so, but that's the purpose of a dissertation is yeah. you're supposed to show that, hey, look at me. I know all these things about this field and I am awesome and hire me um, or graduate me and yeah, then someone hire me. me. Yeah. Uh, but when you're thinking about writing for a journal, journals just kind of assume like yeah. if you're submitting to me, then you have already positioned yourself as yeah. someone who has expertise in this particular field. So you don't necessarily need that proof, yeah. all of that expository, like, let me show you all the things that I know and all <laughs> the various nuances that I can explore with you. Like, give me what's most important yeah. to your study because it's not, when I'm working with grad students as they're, as they're engaging in this mm -hmm. shift from the dissertation that they've written into journal articles, like I believe a piece of feedback that I gave a, a recent student that I was working with was, this is not Maxine Green's yeah. journal article, this is yours. So I get that like that was very important to you and you want to spend four pages talking about it, but that's four pages before I've even been introduced what, to, to what, what you're to. trying to do, right? So like it's not a lit review. It's not, or, I mean, it can be a lit review. Yeah, it but can like, be, but then really, even then it needs to be guided right. by It needs to be question. like, if it's a lit review, it's your process, how you went through that lit review, mm -hmm. how you analyzed, how you put things together. And that's the, the commonality between that. Like you, you have to foreground 
you yeah. and what you have done. Like you're standing on people's shoulders, of course, but you're being very clear about, look, this is what I did. This is how I did it. This is what I found. This is how I found it. And partially, I think the way to think about it is think about yourself as a reader when you're getting to somebody else's piece, when you're reading it in a journal. You are interested to know that they're grounded, and they are, you want to understand what theoretical framework or mm -hmm. what other research they're basing their work on. But you don't want to read from Aristotle to, to Maxine Green <laughs> kind of a process and, but, uh, until you get to what has actually happened. What is your contribution? Mm -hmm. I see the same thing in, um, when the graduate students sometimes present at conferences, you have 12 minutes and three minutes for discussions. If you talk about everybody else, you will not have time to tell us what you've done, which is why we came here. Exactly. Like we love, as academics, we love yeah. to be like, well, let me tell you everything that I know about this versus here's what I've done. Yeah. Right? And that's a shift and one that becomes really essential when you're thinking about getting into a journal article. and. So keeping that in mind, right? Like that, that shift in genre, yeah. the, different, the different ways that we write for that, thinking about your findings, I also find it helpful to just build out a broad base strategy mm -hmm. around, okay, this is the first piece that I'm sending out. This is the second piece that I'm sending out. This is the third piece that I'm sending out. Partially because one, you get to cite yourself which is super fun, yeah. right? And that also selfishly saves me word count yes. in subsequent publications, which is something to think about. Like, mm -hmm. oh, I did this particular model. Let me give you the basics. And oh, I'm going to cite this earlier piece that I just sent out. Mm -hmm. And so I don't have to explain it all. But if you want more information, you can go see that. Yeah, that's and, great. And that's where a pilot study being published is exactly that. Mm -hmm. You're taking, you're kind of offloading from your need to explain and say, you know, you want to learn more about the context or you want whatever it is or about an instrument or something like that, it's published, it's somewhere else mm -hmm. and I can move on. That's definitely a huge uh, leg up. Again, thinking about word count and, right. and, and, and I, staying on, on point. On point, yes, because you're going from like a 300-page dissertation to, like you said, you have maybe 9,000 words if you're lucky, Yeah. right? But the, and the other thing that I, I like to think about is as I'm setting up which, which articles I'm going to send out and their connectivity, also, <laughs> which one can I get out with the least amount of work. Yeah, absolutely. Which, you know, like when you're setting up your publication pipeline, which if you haven't seen that video, go see that one. See, look at me, yeah. look at me hard nice selling. Connecting. Trying, I'm trying. Mm -hmm. um, not good at it, but we'll, we'll go with it. <laughs> Making progress. Making progress, right? Mm -hmm. Like hard sells, etc., are just weird. But um, when you're thinking about that publication pipeline, getting stuff out, getting stuff into um, into that editorial process is important, right? Because yep. timing is everything. Simply because you put it in doesn't mean it's going to get published in like six months or anything, right? And then that also buys you time to think about which of those articles is going to be 
the most impactful? Like, which is the one that you want to send into that tier one journal yeah. that you're going to have to spend a bit Extra more time, time prepping yeah. on? So if you have a manuscript that's a little less work, Go for it. Go yeah. for it. And then at the same time, you're like building the structures for those two other or three other, however many. I can only juggle three at a time. Yeah. But uh, other people might be able to do more. I don't know. Um, but thinking about, okay, you get that one out and then you get this one out and then you get that final big one out. Or maybe you move the, fin- the big one into the middle. I don't yeah. know. But thinking about having a strategy around that is super important. And one more thing that I want to mention that while you're thinking about what's what's in the pipeline is it may you may need to redo pieces of your analysis. Mm-hmm. Either add to it or you get some feedback at the defense and they're saying this is fine for at this point, but you need to attend to these three things, or we would have liked to hear more about that. So do not think about this. This is the only, These are the only findings I can have. Mm-hmm. You may need or you may want to add a layer or to do it in a better, more concise way because in a recent dissertation I looked at, for example, there were maybe 60 different models, quantitative models, that were analyzed. That is way more than you would put in maybe 10 articles. Mm-hmm. And it didn't warrant 10 articles. It was just a specific way that under, again, the genre of dissertation, they let it get through, and it was fine. It, it did the work. But if you want to have a point and really concisely put everything together, it needed a somewhat different approach that was considerably more efficient without losing any of the data. And that is possible. Sometimes, especially on the, on the qualitative sides, you want to actually add a layer mm-hmm. because there's, n- there's not enough there. And especially if you're taking a piece and not the whole thing, you may actually want to expand this in a mixed methods um, dissertation. You might have a piece and the qualitative was good, but you had more material, but it just didn't fit in there and it served its purpose. But now that you're publishing as a, it as a separate piece, you may want to add more of your data. So you go back and add a little bit and you cannot mm-hmm. shy away from that. It's not a done deal. As long as you have data and you can think about it, there are better ways and your committee is there to help you think about it. And if you have a mentor, think with them. Mm-hmm. And if you need to bring somebody in as a co-author to help you organize, that might be a solution as well. Great. Because um, at the same time as you're doing all of that, right? Like again, this is about yeah. buying yourself some time. Because mm-hmm. as you're writing about the data that you've already collected, you're also getting new projects started, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, So absolutely. So that's part of what allows you to, going back to that pipeline, have a pipeline that continues to have stuff hit that will yeah. help you with your 10-year file. Yes, eventually. So. And, and this is, and we maybe will do a, um, an episode about IRB and thinking about uh, research both ethically and, and constructively. But I, I do want to say that one of the things that you may want to have is you can't think of your dissertation as a thing on its own. It's something in a train, right? If you have 
three different papers in it, that's already good. But I think about it, you have pilot studies before that that lead you mm -hmm. to the dissertation, and dissertation most likely needs to lead you to the next few things. So if you think about your IRB, I always advise my students, open up the IRB. I know you want to finish in August 2024, but write the IRB until August 2028. You can keep collecting data, even if you finish in 24. If you still are affiliated with the university, you can keep collecting data. Mm -hmm. And you can keep expanding, changing, morphing it. That's easier than doing a new one. So uh, if you're really thinking you will continue in that field, you definitely want to do that. In my case, that wouldn't have worked because um, I've shifted from um, work, my dissertation work as a, was about college students with learning disabilities, and that is not what I do now. Um, although it, it is an area, because it's a, it's a very small area of expertise, I get to do a lot of reviews in that area, mm -hmm. and I get a lot of citations in that area because it's a lim there's a limited number of people who are publishing. So it's, it's an interesting field that I keep actually up on because I'm one of the people they keep turning to oh, we've got an article about college students or adults with, with learning disabilities. So um, I keep abreast of that field in delightful ways. But, uh, but that was unique to my situation. There's a variety of things. Uh, when we'll talk about dissertations a little bit more, I can talk about that. But, um, but my work before that was about reading acquisition. Then I talked about uh, college students with learning disabilities. And then in my job, when I got here and I started doing research, I went back to reading acquisition and motivation around reading acquisition. So um, that was almost a detour for me. And now you just do everything. No, no, I do not do everything, kind but I do feels, quite a bit. It kind of feels like you do a lot <laughs> of things. A There's a prize things. for that. There is, there is, but you do delightful things in delightful ways. Thank you. So, all right, so in this episode, we've been thinking about moving from dissertation to publication. Two different ways to think about it. One is planning for that dissertation as a collection of articles. But if you haven't had the chance to do that and you find yourself with a five chapter dissertation, there's some ways to slice that, some ways to be thinking about organizing it, getting it out there, um, and making it, making it work, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So, We've got a couple of ideas of upcoming of, of future episodes. So, and if you want to give us other ideas, you can contact us and tell us all about comment. it. Comment, comment, yes. Comment, like, and subscribe. Is that the other thing I'm supposed to say? Yes, I well, think so. Why am I doing all the hard sell right now? That's usually you. I know. I don't know. What is wrong? I think you want to go into sales. I don't actually. <laughs> I really okay, don't. I'll stay in my lane and I'll do the sale. I mean, like, comment, and subscribe with ideas. But this has been super enjoyable. Oh, also, new background, kind of. We don't know if we're going to stay here or not. We don't know what we're doing. Speaking of remodeling, yes. So, anyway, we're not that kind of doctor. Thanks for hanging out with us. See you in the next one.